Watching movies can take a while And they often go out of style But there's Megan and Ben To tell you what to watch with a smile So I married, I married a cinephile And we're rolling! Hi guys, I'm Ben Farmer and I am a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver and I'm a cine newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to another episode of season five, So I Married a Cinephile. Megan, how are you? I'm good. I don't know why, but all of a sudden today, I got like this weird little bit of stage fright. I'm like- Stage fright? I need to to make sure that I'm like on and I look good and I feel good (laughs) and I have like that presence. And I just, I'm not, I'm like- Is that why we both showered like 10 minutes before the podcast? I'm not wearing any makeup. (laughs) Oh, Patreon subscribers that get video. This is a real me. You get the unfettered raw This is me. This is us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Super excited about our guests today. And the movie. I'm so stoked about this movie. Oh my gosh. So I, I can't wait to just go around and crack it open and see how many people like if it's your first time watching Beetlejuice, which yeah, is insane to me, but check in with Molly too. Molly, Producer Molly. how Hello. are you? I'm good. I'm not your host, but I'm here too, as yes, always. Um, I'm doing good. It's been a crazy week and I'm excited to just be on a Zoom with my friends, which sounds weird because we're all sick of Zoom, but um, <laughs> I too am excited for our guests and our movies and I'm so glad it just worked out it all worked. Oh. it all worked it's like uh, okay. i have some specific stuff to ask you too about the movie i'm very excited yeah so um <laughs> let's uh let's introduce our our amazing guests i'm so stoked about this. we have some lovely people on the podcast today uh starting with Sarah White. Sarah is a theater person who is known for playing Nancy Drew computer games until 3 a.m., mercilessly quoting Arrested Development and making Excel spreadsheets for fun. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. I'm, Thank I'm, you really, I, I'm really excited about I'm excited about the Arrested Development quotes. I'm thinking of taking like two minutes of this podcast and just batting some back and forth just to see how far we can get. Yep. Meanwhile, Rocket is nesting in the background. (laughs) But I don't think I can spare the moisture. (sighs) I won't hear it and I won't respond to it. (laughs) (laughs) Plater platter. Followed by the lovely Max Henry. Max is a Brooklyn-based writer and performer. Well, at least he was before the pandemic. Now he's really good at cooking breakfast at 2 p.m., I, I feel both seen and heard in Same. that statement. Wow. Welcome Same. to both of you. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Cheers all. Mazel. Mazel, mazel. Clinkies. I, um, I so love too that I somehow or another know you guys. I knew you guys separately before you even were in each other's like biosphere. Like it was <laughs> like. Cause I knew, I knew Max from the Waterman, but then Sarah, I knew you like eons ago back when we mm-hmm. did the growing studio. Yep. And it's like the fact that you guys ended up together and they're just like the sweetest power couple. And I just, I fucking love you both so hard and I'm so happy oh. to see you. It's Thank so, you. it's so good to see you yeah. like for real. Uh, all the feelings. Oh my God. I actually no. like because I remember too that you sang uh the song um of uh from the comet, the great comet, the moonlight song. Oh, and yeah. there 
later on the season, there's another film that we'll be watching that kind of somehow works the word in moonlight. I don't know how, what movie could that be? What, what could it possibly anytime be? we're talking La La about Land. said movie, That's right. <laughs> anytime we're talking about said movie, I'm always like, the moon, first time I saw your face. <laughs> Just think of you singing that every single time. Oh my God. Sarah has never sung that for me. What? Wow. She kills it. Hot like take. takes it out, <laughs> just slaps it across the face with a sledgehammer and kills I it. Only like for Megan. Yes, it's true. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> oh gosh, you guys. Well, thank you so much for coming. And we're so thrilled to have you. Now, I heard that you guys are kind of doing something similar to what we've heard from other people, where yeah. you're using this pandemic to like just slalom through any and all like unseen movies that you've heard are of import. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So pretty similar to what you're doing. Uh, I, I have a film background. It's what I studied. Um, it's just where my brain sits a lot of the time. And I've seen a lot, but by the nature of getting sucked into that world, I, I still had glaring omissions. Sarah, not so much in coming from more of a theater, like just straight theater background, musical mm -hmm. theater background. Very similar. Um, I had never seen Die Hard. Yes. Like, like I had never level. seen the Terminator. Like I'd never seen any of the like movies that everyone's seen. Yeah. So, Same. so we took all of those or, or a bunch of those um, either classics that neither of us have seen or things that I think Sarah should see that are like important um, movies, not necessarily classics, not necessarily universally good yeah. movies. Yeah. All right. Important movies. Yeah. Um, and we throw them. Do you want to grab it? We throw them in this uh, beautiful <gasps> goblet oh my or chalice, God, depending goblet. on oh, uh... how accurate you want to be. Shake <sighs> it up, draw one out. Way That's better than fantastic. spending three hours looking for something. Yeah. That's wow. fantastic. Wow. See, yeah. suck it, Netflix. Mix it up, pick something for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. There yeah. should be a button yeah, on Netflix that. for that, right? At there least, is. Like, I, there is? There's that one is. that's yeah. like... It's a scam. It's like switch okay. it up, pick something for it's a me. Fucking racket. And then yeah, I guarantee just go you, through you my queue. Exactly. Yeah, only exactly. pick from my queue. Just yeah. pick from I, my I queue. Actually, I actually have some Netflix trivia pertaining to today's movie. Excellent. I'm really excited to crack. So Max, you you mentioned some like glaring omissions. Can you give us yeah. some examples? Of, yeah. Like, from a film background, what are movies oh. that to you were glaring omissions? I, I things like. La Dolce Vita, um, no 400 Blows. Is. Don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> see, you, I didn't either. Anything by Akira Kurosawa? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. We actually we've had like a few. I think the only Kurosawa I had seen before this might have been Rashomon. Wow. I don't okay. Know what's happening? So, I watched the original Godzilla for the first time in years we just, this last week. Go, wait, I mean, me it was too. Gojira, but yeah. Did you really? Like the what? Japanese we, original version. Yeah. Because Criterion just, just, just loaded it. up on the uh, Criterion Flash. Yes. Series. Wow. Because everything's on HBO Max. Like the the Criterion yeah. that was just released is now on HBO Max, which I'm just, oh, yeah. uh, it was so great. I made that, that movie not and only holds scones. up, but wow, it's terrifying. It is, to it is today. Yes, it is. It it's a horror movie in my yeah. like. It's you know. Anyway, we we can. Spoiler we can alert to dive. our listeners. That's yes. not the movie we're doing this week. <laughs> yes. We are not doing 1954's We are Godzilla. not. Um, uh, maybe maybe we should. Maybe, maybe we, should. we should. After Batman Forever. We have to get right. Batman Forever out of yes. the way. That, we did that one too. Did yes. you really? 
Speaking yeah. of uh, Batman and things that feature Michael Keaton. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of, yeah, like <laughs> some- speaking, I was even thinking as I was washing dishes, I was like, oh, my God, our transition will be. Hey, babe, I was thinking of a different way of opening up our show. What if we said showtime and you'd say speaking of show? And I was like, it's too much. It's too much. Now I kind of miss showtime. It's showtime. It's show- speaking what of that, we watched. Beetlejuice. We just said it once. Don't say it two more times. Yeah, exactly. Nineteen. <laughs> ben 1980s. actually did say it already once. I did say it already. You guys said it already once. Ass. So we only have one. This more, is. I need one help more on chance. The rules. The, at any rate, the macabre Tim Burton comedy from nineteen eighty-eight. Macabre. I think macabre is like a really great way to describe Isn't a lot it of macabre? Tim Burton. It is, is macabre. It macabre yeah. is what you get at McDonald's when you want to oh, just pass out I, from a carb. Can coma. I have a macabre, please? Could I have can a macabre and a? <laughs> it's just yes. the vegan hamburger, which is just ketchup <laughs> pickles and burger. Yes. Producing the macabre mm. McDonald's, mm. and then they just deep fry that. Second, bread it, making me hungry. Deep fry it. People falling down all over the place. Uh, came wow. out in 1988, uh, starring oh probably it. It's not Michael Keaton's like uh, premiere role, in my opinion, because this Breakout came out. Role, maybe? This came out after both Johnny Dangerously and Mr. Oh, Mom. Oh, fucking Johnny but Dangerously! This is the movie he did. I love that movie. He did this movie right before Batman, and you watch this movie, <laughs> and you're like, "How the fuck?" That's versatility. Yes, it is. And I think it's actually a really brilliant choice, which I'll I'll get into because I could go on forever. But uh, to break down uh, the plot via IMDb, the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. Okay, as a copywriter, I have issues with that. Okay, is it the punctuation? It's or? it's it's not clear who hired the malicious spirits. Was it the people that moved in, or was mm. it the original spirits? Mm. I take umbrage and issue with that. Otherwise, I'm fine with it. Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> uh, the rest of the top bill cast include Alec Baldwin as Adam and his wife Gina Davis, whose name is Barbara in the movie. Uh, Michael Keaton, of course, in the title role of. You know, I, I can't say it again. Can't say it again. I can't, right? And Catherine O'Hara. Oh my gosh. Fucking now, Catherine now the O'Hara. Golden Globe winning Catherine O'Hara, oh, by the way. In O'Hara, we trust. In O'Hara, we absolutely trust. It's this her is birthday today. It is birthday today. Birthday? That was that was gonna be like because we usually we we usually do podcasts, or at least we record our reviews on like you guys, the day of the movie's release, like 30 understand. years ago. We this has happened this like all the time. six or seven this times. Is not intentional. But I looked this on IMDb. Is fucking intervention. And I this saw is it was, carb. Uh, this is my <laughs> uh, brought to you by McDonald's McCarb. What is but Catherine O'Hara like having for her off birthday? Brand, off-brand McDonald's, so it's McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's, oh, like from coming McDonald's, to America? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, uh, Catherine O'Hara is also in this movie and a very young Winona Ryder uh, also rounds out. So game. sweet. Um, it's amazing. And uh, first of all, and I don't know if you guys saw this in Molly's email, huh? but we now bridge into what has become my favorite part of the podcast is called Plot in 60 Seconds, which we, which we hold exclusively for our guests. You guys have 60 seconds to break down the entire plot of this film, start to finish. Molly, you got the timer ready? I got the timer whenever All you're right. ready. Oh man, you guys. Do you know if you're gonna, is one person gonna handle it or are you splitting yeah, you it up? Yeah, split it up 30, yeah, 30 like, seconds, 30 seconds. I feel like Max should start and I can okay. like jump in. Okay. okay. I'm, All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mod project. No pressure. It's fine. Right. Whenever you are you're being ready. recorded, though, and this is going oh, out to God. the entire world, and you can't take it back. But here we go. <laughs>
a really boring couple in uh, what is definitely Vermont, but is said to be Connecticut, um, is uh, they're, they're living their idyllic life, but they really want to have kids. Uh, that's one thing they can't do. Uh, but they're on vacation. And in a harrowing prediction of what's happening in our lives right now, they're so excited to stay at home forever. Uh, but they have to go out and run some errands. On the way back home, uh, they die. Their car goes off a bridge and they, they just fucking eat it. Uh, so they're, uh, they're trapped as ghosts in their home. Terrible family moves in. The Deets, they want them out because they're tacky as hell. And uh, they, they can't get them out. They're very bad at scaring them out as ghosts. So they hire <clears throat> to uh, <laughs> take care of it for them. He's uh, very evil. Um, we can get into some of the problematic stuff that he does. Um, he wants to marry little 17-year-old Lydia. And uh, at the end, uh, some stuff happens, and it's creepy. And they do a cool <laughs> dance at the end. Yeah! <laughs> yes. yes! Perfect throw Sarah, in. I was waiting for you to just get in there. There for the save. Fucking Hail right Mary. Wow. Great job, guys. That's Plot in 60 <laughs> Seconds. What, again, has become probably my favorite part of the podcast. I was, my palms are sweating. It's yeah, every we're like, time. We get, we every get, time my palms are sweating. for you. We're so, oh, my it's gosh. Warm. The, oh the most nerve wracking part of it is not wanting to fully spoil it right off the bat, you know, yeah. right? really, because there, you know, there's some resolution at the end for their characters. That I was yeah. like, I don't know yeah. if I want to. Right. And that's the thing too, like, I kind of want to dig into that. We too. don't need to yeah. necessarily worry about spoilers. Like we let people right. know that this is not mm -hmm. a spoiler free podcast because right. Jaws has been around for also, a bit. This movie has been so, around for 33 years. So. You know, people like, <laughs> you know, people are going to get eaten in Jaws. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, Wait, what? I know. Max we haven't gotten to that shark. one yet. There's a shark in Jaws. <laughs> and oh it's on God. screen a less time than Beetlejuice. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that was close. That was so close. <laughs> Max, I, I also loved how you broke it down. I think you got to the deets or the uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's death with like 20 seconds left. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so he's 10 minutes into the movie and he's I, 40 I seconds would in. I love <laughs> at some point to, to dive into the storytelling in that first part of the movie, though, because I think it's genuinely brilliant. I, mm -hmm. I do too. And yeah. I, yeah. It, they, they load so much into the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. That says yep. everything. Like it lays out everything that you need to know about the movie and, and makes all Truly. the crazy ride that you go on not need to make sense. And yeah. something that I think a lot of people, and this is something that I'm going to definitely talk about and for sure tag about because there is a huge social media following about the Beetlejuice musical. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I said it. Oh, oh shit. Well, and our doorbell here. just rang. Home, home, home. Nice job. But uh, yeah, so like there were so many things that were layered into the musical. I didn't see it, but I fucking love the original Broadway cast recording. Um, and the stuff that they've layered on, I'm curious when we get there to hear what you guys think, if you think that added to it, if it distracted, all that jazz. But before we dig in, let's do first impressions, mm -hmm. which is just a, a chance for us to talk about first time that we saw the movie and kind of what our experience was. Um, so actually, uh, let's go to our guests first. Yeah. Um, Max and Sarah, when's the first time that you saw Beetlejuice? Um, the first time I saw Beetlejuice was probably when I was a kid in the single digits, like probably eight, eight or mm. seven or something like wow. that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I revisited, revisited it until like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what yeah. do you think? Like what, what's the difference? And did you notice any difference between then and now? 
Um, I had fully forgotten like most of <laughs> yeah. what it actually was about. Like yep. I had a weird like Mandela effect, like not remembering <laughs> actually, like I feel like I remember almost like a fully different movie and wow. I forgot about how creepy Michael Keaton is. Oh my the, God. such it's a so, sneeze and I uh, yes, forgot about that completely. And I mean, I still think it's hilarious. Me too. Yes. Um, I will defend it till the day I die. And <laughs> yeah. We, we, we can get into that too, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, similar um, in in terms of when I first saw it, I was way too young for what the actual content <laughs> is, probably. But <laughs> my my parents were always good. Theme. They let me see pretty much anything I wanted to, but sat me down and talked to me about it. Okay, like, really, I love that. A good strategy that. in general. Yeah, um, I really know. Uh, yeah, uh, I watched it pretty consistently though growing up. This is like it was a touchstone through probably my early teens. It was one of those that I just watched a lot mm. and um, kind of took a break from probably in my most of my 20s and then mm. watched it a few more times in the last few years and got got a new appreciation for it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do appreciate if uh, for all our Patreon subscribers that have the video, you have an amazing shirt on. I fucking <laughs> love oh, and I want that, that shirt. And also too, like, let's not, Sarah, you've got some, definitely got some like Catherine yeah, O'Hara vibes with the sweater. Sure. Absolutely. Or Lydia. Yes. Sorry. And yeah. I'm trying to lightly, lightly suggest a theme. I'm, I'm more <laughs> of a beat you over the head person. Right. <laughs> uh, for those people listening, Max's shirt has a black and white striped sand snake on it that, like is all curly cued and then his mouth is up towards his face and then I love that I want it and then is it the house is yeah, that what's at the collar and the then Maitland house oh, up wow. high. Oh, that's yeah. so cool it's it basically if you it's if like you know the, the poster for Tremors yeah oh. I have not seen Tremors oh, oh that's a perfect film it might be the perfect movie that in the deck it might go. be the perfect movie. Okay. Yeah. We'll put it on the list. Um, I know. Let's just add it to I know, right? right? Wow. Jesus wept. Molly, what about you? Okay. I... <laughs> All right. Settle in. <laughs> I thought for sure I had seen this movie. And then I saw the Broadway show and was like, oh, I have not God. seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> But I should. And then I didn't. And so this morning was my first time watching it. Oh, my God. And um, it, yeah, it was everything I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. It was um, potentially my favorite Tim Burton movie that yeah, I've watched. Right? Wow. Um, right? Yeah, it was never he's never been like my style. Mm -hmm. I love his style and I think he does a great job. Um, right. But like, I think my brain growing up was like, that's going to be dark. There's mm. going to, it's going to be too much for me. And then, sure. um, but I somehow have mm. always known the jump on the line song. Mm. Yeah. Like, I've mm. always known it and I've always known it's, for, we all know it from Beetlejuice. So I don't know, I, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's been interwoven somehow into your life. Yeah. yeah that was, it was kind of a mandala effect for me too. Like mm -hmm. sitting there in the theater being like, I know this, but I don't know this don't. at yeah. all. Not at all. So yeah, it was a cool experience. Wow. <laughs> and, and just to clarify, uh, Max and Sarah, you guys both saw the musical. I, I have. Oh, okay. I did, I did not see gotcha. it. Gotcha. I haven't oh, seen it either. Sarah, so. you'd make such a good I, Lydia. Yeah. I said that last night. 
you would fucking again kick the shit out of that you would make an amazing lydia megan um, I have the reverse Mandela effect where everyone else has told me you've seen it. You, we sat down and we watched it. And, <laughs> and like, the funniest no, fucking thing happened. We haven't. So we rented it on Amazon. Oh, Sorry, not to cut God. you off. You, no, by all means, shut the door. Slip right we, in. So we rented, we rented Just... on Amazon for the second time. And wow, shock! The movie starts forty-eight minutes in. Cause what? you, cause the thing is, is that the last time we rented this, you were watching it and I was off like baking we both, or crafting we both, or doing something. We both in and out started just, watching this movie. No. And that no. 48 minutes in, you just gave up. And I'm like, I well, I guess we're I shutting this give off. Up. I had rehearsal or busy. I don't know. I had busy to, I do. Had busy to do. So at any rate, I So Amazon I remembered from nine years prior that like, oh, these guys have rented this movie. Was like, no, you've seen it. I was like, there's a part where Catherine O'Hara is chopping vegetables and I have no idea what's happening. Like I've seen that and I know what it is and I just don't know what's happening around it. So last night was actually the first time I've actually seen it in full. I think I saw the very last part when the whole exorcism thing is happening because I remember being really freaked out by the whole plate going over Gina Davis's face. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a scary movie. I need to get out of here. When I was little, I was like, this yeah. is not, I I, my mom and dad will want me to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, last night was like the first time watching it, like top to tails. Mm. Uh, oh, and oh, oof. I want to, I want to get into it, but I'm going to wait. First impressions from Ben. I remember this I being, uh, I remember good old, <laughs> good, old, good old campfire. Good old um, campfire. This was one of those movies that my dad really loved, but my mom was so disapproving of it because we weren't allowed to watch like Nightmare Before Christmas. Because you weren't allowed to watch I, Harry fucking Potter. We weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter, but we were allowed to watch Lord of the Rings, which I will, which I'll debate with. I can't. Um, it's like so, Christian undertones. Yes. Very heavy Rocky Christian. Concern. Yeah. I had to like sneak off to a friend's house to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So um, many layers. And this was one of those movies like Damn whenever it, like it was just like my dad home be- because my dad loves Michael Keaton in this movie. Like it's just that he thinks it's the funniest sense. fucking thing that makes and i don't sense. blame him but it was one of those movies that i had to like kind of sneak in like segments so like i compartmentally watched beetlejuice i think when i was nine and then <laughs> like, i rented it again when i went over to my friend's house because that's where i saw all the movies that i wasn't allowed to watch and again i was just blown away and watching it this time thank you for asking watching it this I time over now that, now, that I'm, now that i'm 36 Sir? there's so many themes that I didn't pick up on, of course, as a kid or even as a teenager. Right. Michael Keaton's physicality blows my mind in this movie. And I can't wait to get into that too. Um, But it's not surprising knowing that he comes from a comedy background. He started in television. He's done. He did, you know, like I said, Johnny Dangerously, Mr. Mom. So he was, he was a comic actor, which again was why there was such a big backlash around Batman. But it, it was, I, I agree with Molly. It might be my favorite Tim Burton movie next to maybe Batman Returns. But uh, yeah, like uh, th- this time I picked up on so many heavier, deeper themes. Mm. And Megan and I were kind of discussing that last night. But uh, it was such a joy to watch this movie again. Like mm-hmm. it is, it's clean. It's fast. It's only 90 minutes. It's Which like it, a Disney movie. It's weird. It feels it's so Somehow fast. it feels longer than that, but not in a bad it's way. Just, it feels it's so the complete. Perfect amount of time. So much 
It's that exactly. It's that dense storytelling. There's so much nonverbal storytelling in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. It made me ache for Gen Z. I know. (laughs) And I think about too, like some of the stuff that Tim Burton's come out was like, I even said last night, I'm like, okay, we watch this and then you watch the monstrosity that is Willy Wonka and you just go, guys, what happened? Like, yeah. You guys both did. Like you post tilted millen- your like heads. Post-millennium like, Tim Burton. Aww. Yeah, yeah. And we can get into that too, some some of his movies. But he did Pee-wee's Big Adventure followed also by this great. movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was just in his golden yeah. age. Like like he he's he's putting out all of these movies in a row that are just so amazing to watch, visually especially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, my first impression. So first let's, time. let's open it up for Q&A, which this is just like open skate, y'all. Free discussion. To talk about like, you know, if did anybody else notice something that you noticed? Is there like something that you were curious that, you know, with the group had opinions about? Yeah. Um, we've got other stuff later on for some <laughs> interesting ideas and conspiracy theories, but yeah. opening the floor. I suppose for for either of you, uh, for for Max and Sarah, was there something that stood out to you in this viewing that, again, you didn't get maybe on a prior viewing? Max, Mm. I remember you saying you put this movie away for a while. So watching it this time, was there anything that you picked up on that maybe you missed the time before? I I guess I've noticed it before, but I really don't think I ever appreciated how lovably dorky adam and barbara are mm. oh my yeah. god yeah the pretty normal i mean i'm i'm i spent half my childhood in new england so i guess that is kind of standard fare for me <laughs> yeah but really like the boring cliche that they're playing is so pitch perfect and they're if you see either of their other work like they're pretty different actors yeah from one another, i very much agree <laughs> but they come together just so magically well in this movie to play that tight and I think it's just among the other special performances in this movie, I think it can get overlooked like how pitch perfect they play that. And it's too, it's so like heartfelt and genuine. Like I was realizing we've done two other movies with Gina Davis. One was A League of Their Own, which is brilliant <laughs> in its other. own right. And the other is Cutthroat Island, Ooh. which is Oof. a fucking Oof. gem. That's a punch in the nuts. That is that is a brilliant movie and I will fight you. <laughs> Frank Langella's brilliant. In Cutthroat Island. That's about it. <laughs> Dog. Cutthroat <laughs> yeah. Island still makes more coherent sense than Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Hot take. I might God, a plot. That is wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and I forget that that for Gina Davis, this was after both Transylvania Six Five Thousand and after she did the fly. I thought oh, I she don't know did the either fly of those movies. After Beetlejuice. Hmm. but uh, th- that blows my mind. I don't know if yeah. I honestly, God don't know if you could watch the fly. I, you told me I shouldn't don't watch the fly. You told me I shouldn't. Unless, it would be a bad thing. Right. It's, it's yeah. I watched it for the first time this year and Max, like it was like, he was building me up for it and I was able to <laughs> handle it. But I think me. I had to like watch some other crap first right you've like yeah. got your weighted you, blanket you need like a palate yeah. cleanser afterwards you yeah. need to watch like a full season of new girl like right after right. you watch yeah. it yeah. and you need to watch you need to watch the fly at like 10 a.m so there's yeah. plenty of daylight left yeah. you know so you can like expel it from your system croissant. but you're actually a better person for it in a way but you never want to watch it again right kind of See, and the, for me i'm like i don't want to do that i'm like i'd rather but if it's important i don't know oh uh, uh, so one half a dozen the other i'd say it's important I um so this something I was going to ask the group too is like uh in terms of 
So I full disclosure, and this is something that I'm curious about. I have death anxiety and it's just because of like shit that happened to me when I was younger. Here's your hand. And I, <laughs> I was honestly a little worried about watching this movie. Were you really? Because I, I knew that that was something you struggled yeah. with, but I, guys, it was, it was the most amazing thing. And I think like I, I it, it was kind of a blessing <laughs> watching this movie with you because oh, that's I, cute. I just, I got to see and hear you sort of like open up to it, like toward like first 20, 30 minutes, you know, whether you knew you were doing it or not, like I could feel and sort of hear some, not, not resistance, but at the same time, like, Oh man, all oh, oh, the topics, gosh, Oh, the yeah, themes, better, you know, but better. as it started to like the story started to kind of progress, and that's one of the things that I think this movie does so well is, is uh, maybe mellow our relationship with death a little, right. maybe make it something so, that we I mean, can kind of laugh at. That was going to be my really question great. is because it's like, you know, I feel like as someone that has death anxiety, this has actually helped me quite a bit mm -hmm. um, because it gives a ridiculous <laughs> approach to mortality in a great way. And I was curious if that's something that you guys noticed here, if that's something maybe anyone who's seen the musical noticed there, like, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts? Yeah. 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 I definitely feel like I noticed it a lot last night when we, when we rewatched it, just like how matter of fact and like straightforward, mm. like death was treated. It was like treated just like, oh yeah, it's like, it's the next step. And like, just like the fact that it was compared to like a bureaucracy yeah. that made it like made it funny and relatable. Fucking DMV. And, like, yeah. Like the yeah. fucking DMV that doesn't run right, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like I forgot about all of that. And I thought it was just like hilarious. And, and yeah, so I think I, I, I that's all I have. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that that just frames death as like something that we don't normally view it as, but kind of is an of course moment. Like, uh, yeah, of course death would be like that. Yeah. It's something you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why didn't I think of that? Of course. Yeah. It is. If we're dealing with the afterlife as as kind of a, a human construct, yeah. if, if that's your avenue yeah. of belief, which sure. happens to be mine. And the way uh, that they feel about it when they right. die, they're not like, like, it's not like this big, huge, dramatic yes. thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're dead, moving on to like what we have to do about it. I think right. that's so a huge thing, not, not only in how it handles death, but in general in this movie. Yeah, the character of Beetlejuice is pretty over the top, no matter how you slice it. Right. Even even things like how Winona Ryder plays Lydia, she's not the hot topic goth girl that she inspired. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. This is something we talked about last night yeah. too. She's a, just a nice, sweet little girl. Yeah. Who happens to like dark things and dress in dark clothes? And I think, and I think you said, Sarah, that's how actual goth type people are in yeah. real life yeah. it's not yeah, and how is it that she describes herself in the movie she she uses oh uh, she's like uh, people are not uh, typically interested in the dark and otherworldly and I am dark oh, and otherworldly I myself am strange and unusual yeah. strange and, and unusual yeah yes. and she's she's totally at peace with that and owns that she's not a cliche and she's no. not a caricature of like goth girl or anything like that I feel yeah. like she's very much like her own person and it's real it's it's honest and the fact is is that she's yeah she's dressed in dark clothing yeah. and, and i think and too just like what you guys said like the thing that i think was the most helpful for me was seeing that people like these people it's more like they realize that they forgot their keys in the car when they yeah. say oh i think we're i don't think we made we made it i don't think we lived through that crash you didn't yeah. no uh, i don't think so rats all right well yeah. 
And interestingly enough, Alec Baldwin <laughs> is like on record saying that he doesn't like his performance in this movie. What? He hates his character. He 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 won't watch Beetlejuice. He he oh. and I don't know if that's because you look at his work now or maybe his work over the next 20 to 30 years. He's so sweet though. This kind of character it, it actually reminds me of like a dorkier Jack Ryan from Hun- from the Hun- for Red October like yeah. A, a little bit more nerdy. He's into trains, and uh, I, I think, but I think you're right. It ties into the dynamic that uh, you know he and Barbara have together, which is that yeah, they're they're kind of these you know typical New England quiet right. couple who's totally content with each other's company, and he's got his trains in the attic, or not his trains, but his models his and models, everything. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I I feel like it's it's Super pitch perfect actually, that. and that he yeah. is he is so he doesn't even want to rewatch his performance. He Interesting. You thought this movie was going to ruin his career? Is <laughs> what I read and what I read, like he yeah. What, I mean, a and, lot of people and didn't not get just it. because of the character that he was playing, but the whole movie in general. Right. But like mm, he mm. yeah, he's on record being like, I thought I was never going to work again after this I, movie yeah. came Holy out. Shit. I can appreciate that. It's, yeah. It, after it being a success and being proven to be like feeling like it's a bad performance. I, I don't know. I got a lot of um, almost like Ryan Gosling, uh, Gene Wilder type. Oh, vibe from yeah. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. Like Aww. clearly a very handsome, magnetic person, <laughs> yeah. but just like playing a normal, very naturally reactive. Uh, just the performance, I think, was something that I... I don't know that we see a lot from him. So I would not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Exactly, Maybe yeah. because he's so now known for uh, his work in 30 rock his, of course, his right. work on SNL as Donald Trump. Very dry and biting. This is like, this is his first sort of, it's not a lead, but he, he's one of the main characters. I think he gets top billing. He gets more screen time than almost anyone yeah, else in I the mean, whole movie. So. Yeah, <laughs> including Beetlejuice. But it, it's before he did both Working Girl and before Hunt for Red October. So it it, it was at this huh. really interesting phase where he, like Michael Keaton, had done a lot of television, was just kind of branching into movies. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really interesting to see like both Michael Keaton and Alec Baldwin sort of starting at the same place with this movie and mm-hmm. to, just to kind of see where they both went, you know? Yeah, yeah and from very different good. places too, where, where Michael Keaton was kind of a comedian sucked into being a leading man, whereas yeah. Alec Baldwin felt like an, a leading man trapped in a comedian's body. <laughs> right. <laughs> I felt like his performance was so subtle. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was Super the word that subtle. kept coming to mind, especially, I know him best for 30 Rock. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, the, one of the very first things I wrote down while watching this was, I am shocked at Alec Baldwin's portrayal Restraint. Of, of this character. <laughs> Restraint. It was, like, everything about it. And because the rest of the movie is so overt and in your face and just like is so on top of you mm-hmm. his like subtle choices that he made or was directed to make were mm-hmm. s- like such a good counterpoint I feel like if it kept me grounded in the movie yeah. almost and I yeah. was like and you need that unexpected you need that character an odd straight man and I think that's that's maybe where the audience identifies is with these two is with the husband and wife mm-hmm. who are dead so I yeah I totally agree I really appreciate sort of his nuance but very restrained yeah. performance in this because you see so much of his work now is 
And out of curiosity, is there like, I, so I'm, I'm hearing some favorites. Were there any other like favorite actors or characters or scenes that you guys just like freaking loved out of this? I mean, I could talk about Catherine O'Hara for I mean, hours. who couldn't like all hail Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, every Friday at 7 PM Eastern standard time. Are you not Golden invited? Globe I'll put letter. you on the email Be list. There. Be there. That's the other thing I wrote. That's I just wrote those two things. <laughs> Um, I forgot how funny that scene is where they're like talking to their caseworker and they like pull their faces. They're like, she's like, okay, how are you going to scare them? And, they, like, <laughs> you go first. and like, he like Alec Baldwin, like can't get his face back. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, oh my God. I, that is like comedy gold. Yes. Like you don't see shit like that anymore. No. And it would all be CG. Yeah. yeah yes. It's yes. All practical. And that, that's the. In those fucking whatever masks, I guess. Yeah. Sculptures, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. 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 It was almost like Rob Bottin practical special effects from like, you'd think of like The Thing or something like right. that. Right. But someone had to make all of that. And then they had, yeah. uh, they're like, oh, um, okay, we're just going to walk back I'm to a our whore for practical door now. Yeah. I'm a whore for practical. And Megan said that while we were watching it. None of this, there, there was blue screen and green screen, of course, for like the other dimensional, yeah. uh, you, you know, the to. sand planet and stuff, right. of course. But other than that, like everything was just handcrafted Amazing. and it's so great. Yeah. It's so cool to see. Um, yeah, like I yeah, said, I think I, I read they only had like a million dollars for, for the special effects budget because Tim Burton wanted it to look like B movie special effects because that's kind of that's kind of his thing, which I really love. Would like, have been great if he stuck to that. I think, yeah, right. What a concept. I think the whole budget Neat. for this movie was like 18.5. And to think that only a million dollars went to the special Christ effects on sale. Because he wanted it to look a certain way. He wanted it to look like yeah don't don't take it too seriously like, oh i love know. it yeah, uh, yeah I totally appreciate it. Good stuff. yeah it had such a potential to be repulsively grotesque yes yeah. but even even the really i don't know if you could call it even graphic but the bloody stuff the gory mm -hmm. stuff is still so cartoonish yeah mm -hmm. yeah that i mean i'm pretty desensitized to violence but <laughs> you grossed out at all no okay you're a little queasier than I am. But. Yeah. I, yeah, I just thought I'm it was super way. creative. It, it was yeah. really creative. Like you said, that that part in the office where he like sticks his hand up through his head so he can give himself like, you know, the, yeah. the, the what do you call him? Mohawk. Uh, I don't, I'm gonna fin. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, like the fin mohawk kind of thing, but then like stretches his nose out like a bird. And then she like opens up her mouth and she's got a long tongue and then like puts her eyeballs on her tongue. And now they're just like- That's some weird Is that shit. Good? But, what about this? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is weird, but so, it's also like funny. And yeah. that was, I'm a little bit more queasy myself. I'm a person that doesn't do well with like gore, violence. Like I've been told a couple of times, like do not watch Pan's Labyrinth. Like there's stuff like that. Just don't watch it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I just, I don't do well with it mm. because I already have like crazy ass dreams all the time. I don't want to influence them even further. <laughs> so it's like, but for this, I feel like, again, when we watched uh, RoboCop, mm. Um, and I mentioned this in that episode, like I didn't have any problem with RoboCop because it was so absurd and it was so much fucking practical that it's like, I knew it was ridiculous and it, it made itself, it knew what it was doing. It right. wasn't trying to be something other than it was. Kind of matched like what you were saying, like being desensitized. That was Verhoeven's commentary on, you know, Americans sure. being desensitized to violence. So why not just go for it and just go so over the top that you can't really and build a machine that can't walk down that stairs. can't manage stairs right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, good stuff. Yeah, like I said, I could talk about. Uh, can I, we talk about Catherine O'Hara? I want to talk about Catherine O'Hara because for there, a there are some. Oh. Have you guys seen Waiting for Guffman? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think, and Megan picked up on this first, and she's this is so because brilliant. I saw it on Pinterest. I cannot take credit for it. I cannot take credit. So there's a point where Catherine O'Hara in Waiting for Guffman is giving like an interview to the TV crew or whatever, and she's like, "I'd love to try that less is more acting, where when you're talking to the person, you you close their eyes when when you're talking to the person, but then when you stop talking, you open your eyes, and then when you go back, you close your eyes again." And she's constantly doing she's that doing in this that. movie, and this is before Waiting for Guffman. She is doing so that part in of me this. Thinks she took that from Beetlejuice and put it into Sheila when in Waiting for Guffman. Cutting the vegetables, she's doing that. And whenever she, she, does talks it, anytime that she talks to Lydia, yeah. she closes her eyes and just like, you know, you just you need to behave. We're gonna have people over tonight, and I need you to just be a banana goose. And then she'll like go back to what it's. You oh guys my didn't god! Pick up on that. I, I picked up on that action, but I, it's been so long since I've seen Waiting uh, for Guffman. Yeah, I, I, we just watched it last week, yeah. I think, oh which is god, why it's, it's fresh in our rewatch. minds. Um, yeah, yeah, that's oh hilarious. Yeah. yeah, no, but I think one of my biggest laughs last night watching this was, I th- I think it's when they're first moving in. She does that to Lydia at some point. <laughs> And just it it's so, her face is perfect. I also <laughs> love it when she's like, you need to let me gut and redecorate this house or I'll lose my mind. Like, I love that. <laughs> and she doesn't raise her eyebrows. I like that's, what, all, like, that's what's happening inside every HGTV host that goes to like this condemned house. <laughs> that's what's happening inside of them every time uh, she's astounding and she looks she's so statuesque yes like somehow she's insane and has this amazing physical comedy and yet she's gorgeous yeah. just fucking madeline Kahn stunning like, yeah i totally agree and this is before home alone i think i can't remember yeah I I, I, so. would, I believe yeah. Home Alone was in the 90s. Yeah, I think that's like 91, 92. Yeah, so she must have been doing maybe SCTV or something like that. And then because Tim Burton sought her out like she she was one of the many actors really? who did not want to sign on to this movie because they read the script and they're like, I don't fucking understand what's going on here. Like Michael <laughs> Keaton said no originally. Yeah. And so like Tim Burton had to fly all over the goddamn place to like meet people in person <laughs> to be like, no, no. Here's what I want to do, because apparently the original script before Universal uh, rewrote it, sort of like going back to what you were saying, Max, the the original script was a little bit racist and very violent. Right. Um, There's a point where where they come back in after they have their car crash and they're walking back in their house where Alec Baldwin asks her, how's your arm? Because in the original treatment, her arm was actually severed off and she like put it back on. Mm. So there's this weird line where he says, how's your arm? And she's like, oh, it's really cold. But that was actually right. from an original treatment of the script, yeah. which kind of got lost in translation somewhere. Oh, so yeah, the original version of this was really twisted. Right, it's just really like played straight horror. horror the whole time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That that whole that whole evolution about this story has always fascinated me. Not only because it's it's so refreshing to go back and watch something that is wholly original, yeah, but something that went through such a huge creative evolution from script to screen because they brought on another writer later to do those rewrites make it a little lighter Mm -hmm. and then the freedom that was given to the actors especially michael keaton i just don't i i don't see that nowadays no no in in my personal experience as an actor performer or just from watching films especially stuff that's hustled along very quickly and and rushed on to streaming nowadays you don't get the sense that actors have 
that kind of agency on set anymore. I mean, he literally I was watching an interview with him earlier today, said something like he when as he was debating taking this role, like called the wardrobe department, had them bring up random stuff that he had what? ideas for without even talking to Tim Burton. Was this the Charlie Rose interview? I, it might have been. Yeah, I watched it a was. Of them. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he Holy said because Tim Burton described it as this is a guy who's been in every time, but also in no time. So he's he's like nondescript. Yeah, I don't understand so just the rules. Do what you want. Well, I don't understand the Beetlejuice rules. Well, and, there and that's are another no thing. Rules. That's there another thing I wanted no to rules. ask you guys about because I actually feel like this movie does a pretty good job about both establishing rules and then like and then kinda, breaking them. Not breaking rules, but also not fully explaining some. I but I appreciated uh, that there was like a book of like, okay, here's what happens after you die. And they're constantly referring to this manual, which is super confusing and they have to go meet with a caseworker and they got to take a number and all I this kind of bullshit all about that like actress. you said like it's sarah like you said oh. it's all tied up in like bureaucracy and like paperwork and I bullshit loved it. so i i appreciated that they established a lot of like kind of wait your turn and here's what you need to do and i i feel like they did a lot of a lot of explaining for us um, but also, like around Beetlejuice specifically, I feel like it was a little nondescript. Oh, how do we know that we say home, home, home? Like, there was some stuff there that I was just like, I don't understand the Beetlejuice rules. Right. And also, too, I don't know, did anybody else watch the animated series when you were a kid? Mm. It was on. I don't remember watching it consistently. I, yeah, I don't remember. I remember a lot being of it, on. But I, I, yeah, I saw a little bit of it. I just remember Lydia and Beetlejuice, it just featured them and their best friends, and they're like just trying to, she's just trying to get him out of trouble all the time. And yeah. like she That's learns right. lessons along the way. <laughs> But I was like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that is a severe departure from what we have in the movie. I don't know oh, yeah. who decided to make that justifiable. Right. Like, <laughs> sure. that's the only thing I watched related to Beetlejuice before this viewing. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I remember I the cartoon confused. being on, but I didn't watch it consistently. But I think you're right. Like, it built Beetlejuice and Lydia's like best so friends. Then for, and then he's constantly getting uh, creepy, daring, uh, mating the mating. Wow. <laughs> nope. Marrying. The creepy old guy song is that is that all him making her say I want to marry you oh, or was that musical? yes it's from the musical oh, oh. or I, is that man uh, don't remember I don't really remember do you know what's crazy about the musical is that it turns out and I, I had this problem with the Tootsie musical also is I don't oh. remember anything pre-pandemic I am trying to remember wow. details of the live theater and my brain yeah. is like fog yeah. so foggy yeah. i just remember just little tiny little moments that my brain like clung on yeah. to of joy yeah. and otherwise i'm like did that happen like like we've all been know. in survival mode really, like <laughs> just really survive person, so i don't really retain like you would yeah, like you would have been you should have gone I listen to it yeah oh i i don't retain lyrics very well <laughs> yeah on a first listen or something i'm so especially with live theater i'm so overwhelmed the first time i see yes. something sure sure just on a sensory Which level i'm looking also too like design and yeah that musical that, in particular is very sensory overload yeah like before it even starts you walk in and there's lasers going right. on and stuff that's like, like the moulin rouge oh, really? musical yeah yeah it's well moulin rouge is like you kind of well right but it's the same idea yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah sarah what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna ask like about the song that you were asking about is it what what are like you said like the lyrics were like i want to marry yeah she's like singing about like oh i've been alone for all this time and now i'm finally with my guy getting married to my creepy old guy and 
it's this oh. whole like upbeat like song where she's like i'm gonna marry this creepy old guy i'm finally gonna have this creepy old guy i'm gonna get married to this creepy old guy it's like super upbeat and like reminds me of almost like a 50s yeah like that yeah. was weird song. it was like him and it is weird her. that's Something. what i'm wondering if it's him like yeah when he covered his mouth and is like no you're saying i do i was like oh maybe like that's because maybe it's him singing right Right. Yeah. For her, maybe. Oh, because he That's can throw his voice. He can throw his voice. Yes. Uh, yeah. oh. I I feel like if I if I tried to remember it, I would potentially just be making things up about the musical. And the other <laughs> thing, okay. I do you know might be right. I, and again, this is only gleaning from what I've listened to the recording. Yeah. I probably should have looked up the plot, but to be There's honest, I'm part kind of me of that that, that misremembers back. probably. Please, somebody on a social medium that is watching or or listening no. to this correct me <laughs> no um <laughs> I, this information uh, is encouraged on this podcast that's right <laughs> i i'm just going to assert that um lydia is actually just playing along because she has a more complex plan yes that she pulls through it i feel like at the end of the musical she has a little more to do with Beetlejuice being defeated than she does in the movie. Oh, because I know that like also to Lydia in the musical, instead of her just being like, oh, I just want to die. Like that whole just dramatic thing. It's because her mom died and she wants to be with her mom. Yeah. And then at the end, she's like, you know what? It's life after this may not be perfect, but uh, I I know that this is what I want to choose. I can choose this and make it what I want it to be. Yeah. And the reason Beetlejuice wants to marry Lydia is because he actually in in the original treatment of the script, he actually hung himself very clumsily and messily because his wife died. And so oh my god in, in the movie they don't they don't flesh that out of course yeah. no pun intended the they don't shit. flesh that out but that's why he's so intent on marrying that Lydia that which which is why it's it kind of comes out of nowhere and oh my and god like Lydia's you know wanting to die as well I feel like kind of oh, comes out of left field I'm really glad they cut that so out so yeah th- I feel like there's a lot like of backstory like makes sense yeah. Yeah. yeah so the musical actually helped fill in some gaps and a little then there bit was also in the so too in the musical from what i gleaned that it was like uh barbara and what was his name adam 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 Adam. um they they didn't want kids but they felt so ashamed about the fact that they didn't want kids that they just kept up coming up with all these different hobbies and crafts to keep themselves busy and then they're like actually i just kind of want to live my own life i don't want kids they felt a lot of pressure to have children maybe i'm misunderstanding that that. was definitely more in the musical from what i remember right but okay. I feel like in the movie, they pretty clearly yeah, it's, want them. It seemed more like infertility type mm-hmm. situation or trying and not to Again, I really appreciated yeah. they didn't over-explain. Yes. That was one thing I'm, I'm just like- We get it. That is we get specificity it. and unspecificity to me. Right. That's like brilliant storytelling. Yeah. They give you just enough to fill in the blanks. Anybody can relate to that, whether you want kids or not. Yeah. You don't need more than that. It's you weird because- You monologue about- some deep sad issue that yeah. right. don't need to hear about. You feel like you feel like there's something wrong, but even mm-hmm. there, like I check myself because I'm like, well, maybe there is actually nothing wrong. Maybe it's maybe it's a choice that they've made. I mean, she maybe, just she just gives a heavy sigh, yeah. and then we're done with it. We're and like, we're oh, done. okay. Yeah. There's guilt and shame involved here. Let's go to the store. Like, it's not, it's not, yeah, over-explained or hit over the head. Yeah. In any and way, he's like keeping busy with his model and everything. He's he's up in the air. Oh, there's this and... great song in the musical, The Barber 2.0. I fucking love that yeah. song. No, we're gonna we're gonna do that show. 
Oh. I'm going to tell Broadway Rose back in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> hey, you're putting on Beetlejuice and Ben and I are playing Barbara and Adam. So deal. That's a hot take, which is a great right. way to segue <laughs> into All another right. one of my favorite segments of the podcast called Hot, hot takes. takes. Hot Takes. Tom McGovern got some love this weekend. Yes, he did. He was on American Idol. What? Yeah. He was on American Idol and he wrote a hilarious jingle making kind of poking fun at all the judges. He did great. He didn't get through, but he is he Katy Perry retweeted him. You should definitely oh, check out his awesome. jingle that he wrote because it's it's pretty yeah. solid. And he writes all he wrote all the original music that we throw into the podcast yes. for our intro and everything. He's awesome. He's amazing. He was in the office musical parody yes. with me. So yeah, hot takes. Uh we discuss stuff that was controversial. <laughs> we, Sorry, yeah. Where's my? Oh, that's your phone. I Where thought that was it? an airplane. Where gun. is it? I don't know. Uh, uh, do, you to, do you need me to it. call you? Okay, good. Oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just too much work. This is what you get with Patreon, guys. You get uh, <laughs> yeah. cell phones going off because uh, there's no such thing as perfection. Yeah, so I was in. Uh, um, I was in the Office Musical parody. I played the crazy ass track that was like, uh, oh fuck! I was Kevin, Phyllis, um, Kevin. Meredith and roy yeah wow oh my oh. god i can you i want to see you do that <laughs> do you want to know what's do you want to know what's really funny this is my two-year anniversary of going to see you in the office musical oh that came god. up on my right. memories today yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. It all, you guys, it's all love. Time is a it's circle. It's all happening. Time is a circle, guys. Time is a fucking circle. How many times have we been here? Okay, let's, let's try ask, this again. Uh, for... <laughs> I want <you> to <laughs> I mean, phone's going off. You know, we got, we got anniversaries. No, we got all right. So, uh, hot, hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. We're hot taking. This is, uh, these are uh, conspiracy theories. Anything that like hit you weird that maybe had a deeper meaning. Um, and that was actually something that I was going to bring up for my hot take was the reason why they don't have children. I think we kind of rehashed yeah. a lot of that. Again, it's just enough to know that that something is off, not necessarily wrong, but uh, again, it's either a choice they made. Well, there's something two, going on one with of one things, of the, I don't know. The one, the one writing class that I took for playwriting and screenwriting, uh, he said, or no, I took two, but he said, um, you can either draw a bullseye and try to shoot an arrow at it or you can shoot an arrow at the wall and then people can draw bullseyes around it. Mm -hmm. Like this is one of those situations where I think depending on what you relate to in the movie, you apply it to that. So you're like, no, they totally wrote about not wanting to have kids. Or if you, you know, struggle or have had experiences with infertility, you're like, no, yeah. it's about not being able to have kids. Mm -hmm. Like it just mm -hmm. depends on what you relate to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's brilliant. It's so, I'm so it's smart so and humble. Also, um, and I would love to make this open forum. I want to, I want to hear what everyone thought of Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Oh, I, I, actually, I <laughs> oh. slightly disagree with you. I think it's probably his best performance. Really? Yeah. His best performance. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just, I, there Have is you something. Seen the Spider Man. I, I've done. <laughs> I, I'm a clown naturally. I've done some like sure. clowning type stuff before. A lot okay. of physical theater, that sort of thing. And that's what this is for sure. And there, yeah, there's something just built into me that really appreciates. And especially now knowing how much he invented that character. Yeah, he really and, did. An agency <laughs> to invent that character. 
Yeah. I just think that's so special. And the, he literally created a character that is, uh, will be a pop culture icon forever. Forever. And yeah. not in the way that's just, we're beat over the head with it constantly. It's in right. a sweet spot of, of cultural icons. It's like, mm-hmm. he's, you, we're, we're never going to have like Beetlejuice themed uh, McDonald's Happy Meals. I don't know. Like, I, it's, <laughs> it's never going to be like, uh, maybe I jinxed it, but um, we have the no, McCarb. that's the McCarb. <laughs> that's the McCarb. <laughs> Sponsored by Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think I I just really appreciate. I think if if that's a hot take at all, I definitely. I think, think that's a hot. I think take. that's absolutely a hot take. Yeah, for Keaton's best performance, because I I can think of a few even like Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> John's Birdman. Yeah, and and aside, you know, his his uh, of course iconic role as Batman. There there's so much that he's done in the I interim, know. where he just kind of pops up randomly. He was in like Trial of the Chicago Seven for ten what? minutes. Yeah, oh. yeah, he shows up okay. at, towards the end of the movie. That's the thing. Oh, right, you were talking about Promised Young Woman. I have a theory that this is maybe this is a conspiracy theory not related to Beetlejuice. It's like this whole thing that happens with Taylor Swift, and this is why her movie, her her movie, this is why her uh, music videos are so popular. Is that she brings on a shit ton of celebrities for these three second cameos, I but mean. then she fucking produces the shit out of it for social media anticipation so that you're like oh my god all of queer eye is going to be in this music video so then everybody obsessed with queer eye is gonna go watch it for the whole uh bad blood thing it was like oh my god all these women are like murderers and it's so cool but it's katie perry you watch it and you're you're like i saw them for maybe a minute not even a second it's about working smarter not harder oh my god and i have a feeling that that's happening in movies now where we're just going to start seeing people show up for quick little fucking cameos here and there versus Mm -hmm. beetlejuice where people are there for the whole movie or maybe keaton just wanted to do an Aaron sorokin movie i would i have another hot take um yes Grab Bring those up gloves. I don't want to get into my hate for Sorkin right now. I just uh, <laughs> I, I was say something sassy about wanting to- <laughs> Sorkin. We know Sorkin is listening to this podcast. We so have a really Bible wanna... written by Sorkin. Well, well then, Mr. Sorkin, I, I very will quickly. Say if um, if I want to see somebody masturbate on screen, there are websites for that. Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted hot takes. You fucking got one. Got that, that went, yep. That went through the up glove. Please, please hire me, Mr. Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's part of like part of this podcast. I'm like, I love that we get to be totally honest about this, but also please, please don't take any offense at what I say. And <laughs> Art is subjective. So just, yeah. just right. I am I, w- I, begrud- for- I have harsh opinion- opinions. I, I begrudge no one their, their yeah. bad opinions. Yeah. There you go. I'm waiting for Meryl Streep fans to just come for me from the top. <laughs> so like it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. But no but nobody I think listens, I even put that as a hashtag Meryl 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 Streep saying. I think I even put that <laughs> hot take. Okay, wait, what was Anyways. your hot take, Max, before we got trailed off by Sorkin? Oh, I th- I, it was just the, the Michael Keaton thing, I think. Oh, that is okay. yeah. Who okay. knows at this point? Yeah. I have a hot take that literally will mean nothing to no one except I'm for like so excited. Yes. I think that the theme music for Beetlejuice was either stolen by or inspired the music for a portion of the Grinch movie, the, the Ron Howard one 
Mm. with Jim Carrey. Was that a universal movie too? I don't know. It's it's different composers. And I listened to both of them like six times in a row last night. And it sounds like almost exactly the same, like four bars of music. It's like almost exactly the same theme. And I swear to God, either he stole it or it was just like an homage. And I don't know. That's my hot take for no one except for I mean, onto Wikipedia, I go. That is, (laughs) and that's like, that's conspiracy theory. That's something I wonder too. Like, how much is influence? How much is happenstance? How Mm -hmm. much is homaging? If you've watched or listened to our burlesque episode with Thicket and Thistle, we talk about homaging quite a bit. A lot. Oh, I want to, I should listen to that one. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to Thicket and Thistle if you haven't. And also listen to our burlesque episode. It is. We have another episode coming up with them. It's going to be a deuce. Um, uh, What are your thoughts on Michael Keaton? I love Michael Keaton. I don't know if this this. is... Yes, I don't know if this is necessarily his best performance, only because... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. This is the thing. I I loved him in Birdman just because I I related so much to his character. Mm. Like... He, he was a, an, a misunderstood artist and a misunderstood dad that just got caught up in everything and didn't know how to write himself. So took a drastic turn at the end to try to, I don't know, I guess justify all of his decisions up until this point. Hmm. I just fucking loved him in Birdman. Yeah. And I, this is such a <laughs> massive <laughs> drastic shift from that, <laughs> that, I, that I, I guess like I do very much appreciate all of the work that he's put into creating this character and making it what it is. Like yeah. it's yeah. 1000% original. You cannot replicate that. I am though crafting a hot take that Ryan Reynolds stole some stuff for Deadpool. Okay. Okay. Because there's some stuff in this just feels like, and if you can say Deadpool light, because I, I, that's hard to believe, (laughs) but I don't think Deadpool would go after and try to grab Gina Davis on the side while he's talking to Alec Baldwin. I don't think Deadpool would do that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Might say something. (laughs) Might grab um, Alec Baldwin instead. Yeah, because I think what is it? Deadpool's <laughs> pansexual. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's how we identify. Him. I also too. I love. Uh, I I guess the thing I didn't understand, but I also did understand was the whole hot ladies diversion thing. That was something I was like, oh, he's a man with a dick, and he's ridiculous. Well, that was Let's something the caseworker did. Right, but like, a it I didn't worked. understand why it worked. It worked. B, I didn't understand how she knew it would work. Well, I guess she, he was her, her assistant, so she kind of knew. But then also, C, I'm like, I mean, I I can infer what happened. Yeah. But uh, th- at the end, I'm like, where did he get this tanning booth? The tanning lights, and he's just sitting out there. <laughs> the cucumbers on the eyes. The cucumbers on the eyes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, it honestly, watching this made me want to watch the musical because. There's so many different opportunities for each actor who plays Beetlejuice to make it so unique to them while still honoring this character. And I think that's fucking fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, I agree. Like that's that is art right there, taking something and honoring what was original, but then making it uniquely your own. Yeah. And I, w- I, I believe will say I, that was one thing having having loved this movie growing up and everything. That was something that I was very aware of going in to see the musical and, and a little mm. just worried about. Um even though I'd heard nothing about uh, nothing but good things, and Alex Brightman, uh, who yeah, that's his name, right? Alex Brightman, yeah. just 
did exactly that. I, I can't say like that. That is an unenviable role to be in. And it was such a different take on the character, but completely true to the soul of the character at the same time. Yeah. It, was, it was about as well done as you could. It was so hope. good. Yeah. Yeah. While I was watching like those scenes where, yeah, I cop and a feel on Gina Davis mm-hmm. and kissing her and stuff like that. I, I couldn't help but, but remember Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. I thought you were going to say... <laughs> I okay. I went, I did the Megan thing where I put the wrong actor in the wrong movie. Say it. And I Who thought you were gonna say Matthew Broderick in producers with Uma Thurman. Uh, and I went, I don't no, understand because Nathan Lane is the how one those are connected. <laughs> I was like, why are we talking about Matthew Broderick and the producer? He's he's overtly respectful. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying I thought I'm sorry. I thought of Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. I, uh, w- Waterson, I think his name is. But I listened to McConaughey's audiobook recently, and he was talking about that role and about that that pivotal line where he says, "That's what I love about high school girls, man. I get older, they say the same names. Yes, they do. <laughs> and we all know that's not okay to say, but." He he is in total. He has complete faith, and I agree with him that there are both lines and actions that the character has that are gateways into who this person is, or maybe how to play this person. Oh. And I think as an actor, those are little gifts. You know, the fact that I'm sure. I mean, I don't know this for certain, but I'm sure he and Gina Davis probably had a talk before they rolled camera. I I, I would hope so. I would sure intimacy hope so. coaches now would be like, yes, today we definitely. have intimacy coaches and people to, you know, to rehearse and you know make sure everyone's comfortable. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer in, in picking up on those both actions and those lines that cue you into who this person is. And I feel like that's our job to interpret that and to be as blatantly honest as possible even if it makes you uncomfortable, of course, we know we have the awareness to know that those things are not okay. Right. But at the same time, this is who Beetlejuice is. So we, th- I think there's a, a big part of me that just accepts that just as much as I accept Woody Harrelson in Dazed and Confused. Or not Woody Harrelson, so Matthew McConaughey. To, to <laughs> Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Uh, to, before Lane. before <laughs> we head into... <laughs> Uh, trivia, which I'm also stoked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to really quickly ask if you could cast yourself in this movie. Mm. What? Because we're this is a group of actors, like and creatives. If you could cast yourself in this movie, who would you cast yourself as? Mm. Guests. Ortho. Oh my god! <laughs> How have we not talked about Ortho specifically? This whole time it's an. And we haven't talked about ortho specifically, so I can wear that kimono in that one scene, Holy and that's it. Shit. And that's it. That's he it. did have some of the best costumes. He's what? got a great costume. That that role is such heavy lifting, too. I mean, yes. I know. What, probably the hardest part to play. Oh yeah. my god! And I also, love a challenge. Did he oh. actually? <laughs> did he actually work for the NYPD? Like paranormal? Yeah, wasn't he? Didn't he activity? say he was like a paranormalist or something in I New York? I feel like he's the Ghostbuster no one wanted. Like <laughs> he just. But did he not... did it. But right. He, but then it worked. So and you're like, oh shit, he's really a medium. First time. Like, is he a medium? But he did he Ghostbuster nobody game. called. <laughs> right. right. So you gotta call it not ortho. Yeah. It's like a not. <laughs> I guess I also forgot that he had the book 
And I think him having that book is very that's like him. That's like, but it's like he put together an Ikea table using craft magic. And then all of a sudden the Ikea table just kept building itself and he didn't know how to stop it until now his entire, you know, house is just filled with shelves. Right. That's what's happening. I love that analogy. I love that. Megan, what about you? Uh, uh, Mm. So in the musical, in the musical, Barbara, very specifically in the musical, Barbara, um, I have, I am very proud of myself that I have a very similar tone to Carrie, Carrie Washington, right? From the musical, Carrie, Carrie Butler. <laughs> Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. I have a very similar demeanor, voice, and uh, energy as Carrie Underwood. Uh, no, definitely Barbara in the musical, but in this, Catherine O'Hara, like 1000%. That's who I would. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Like, yeah. Also, can, I have to say, it is by far the best role in the musical, too. I mean, it's, oh, ca- it's that, it's the, it's mom's role. Is it really? Step really? Role. Oh my God, because she also plays Miss Argentina, hmm. which yeah. is like, she has the best oh, at the desk? quick change in the whole oh, world. And she gets cool. a song. Wait a minute. Is that the, if I knew it's then the, what I know now? It's the blue girl. I don't right. remember. The one yeah, with the right. Like the yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, the same actress? It's the same actress and it's a full makeup quick change. I was going to say, that's like light. throwing on Elphaba wow. for a hot second and then stripping it off. That's amazing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and there's video Holy of it. Of, so she's of that she's Miss Argentina happening. first, and then she's Miss no. Ar- oh the other way around. She flippity flops. She comes in in the middle of her playing. What is her name? Mrs. De- yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Deets. Mrs. Deets. Well, Mrs. she's Deets. actually yeah, and she's Lydia's stepmom. Also, right. right? They're not even married. I think. I think they're like planning on getting. I don't remember. Anyway, right. doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, she plays that part, and then in the middle of the show, puts on blue makeup and a f- wow. full outfit, does an Argentine tango, and oh belts it out, God. and then fucking takes it off and gets back into her regular costume. Christ on makeup, just in time for the daylight coming. Me want to go home. Wow. <laughs> It's amazing. It was. It's amazing. Yeah, it was wow. amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's why I was like, Megan, you have to do that role. Are you fucking kidding me? I would never cast you as Barbara. So boring. Those two were boring in the Carrie movie. Butler. Carrie Butler. I mean, they did a great job. I the roles themselves Butler. were more boring. boring. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I. I would love to. Uh, I would love to read for Beetlejuice, but I think Adam is probably typewise. I love you, and I that's get, true. What I would get thrown into. <laughs> yes, you know? I think you could do a great Beetlejuice, but also I, I agree. It's like there I don't know would if be, that's my role. Though. I just would per. You know, I shrug. Let's think about it. Maybe that's my imposter syndrome. I don't know. Uh, no, that's my. You can't take my imposter syndrome. <laughs> we both can't we have can't imposter have syndrome. It. No, because we're both actors. There's only one imposter syndrome, and that's the only. I get, that's the only thing I can own is my imposter syndrome. Wait, you get death anxiety and imposter? Of syndrome? Of course, I fucking do. Oh my god. Okay, uh, Max, how about you? Well, if you have imposter syndrome, can you own it? Right. <laughs> All right. That's, if you don't tweet that this evening, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's deep. That's really deep. I really I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm Beetlejuice. You are. I, you obviously. are. Bless, bless. Yeah, He's I'm, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I'm I'm really good at playing a dirtbag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hmm, super easy for you. Hmm. There's, yeah. there's no explanation needed on that one. Clearly. <laughs> I know. No, I, I just, I, I, that's, right. I, I feel like a, a character like that, like actually considering the types of work that I've done and the things I'm attracted to, like something like that or a Deadpool type thing. I think, sure. yeah. yeah, that would be like the most fun in the world to me. Yeah. I'll send you yeah. my Deadpool musical someday. Mm. Please do. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> real good. Just as much as the Point Break musical. Exists. I need to fix it though because it doesn't pass the Bechtel test. What? Oh yeah, Point Break point musical point exists. Break? Molly's brother wrote a musical parody of Point Break. Yep, I know. I know. <laughs> guys, guys, there, there's. If there's a table read, I all this is so tangential, but I always, always, because my brother is a fantastic music writer and lyricist and i always thought that he and megan should join up because what he needs is a book writer he's missing a oh, book writer, and that's what i'm good at and i just think he needs it so anyway anthony while you're lyrics. watching this, we can get point yeah i know anthony when you go through and edit this <laughs> know that there are people that want to see your work easter and- egg for my brother everyone wave at my brother hi yeah. anthony okay. <laughs> <laughs> i love it sarah what about you um, like, honestly, I fucking love the caseworker. Oh, <laughs> like, God. He's so fucking funny. He's like, so I know, great. I feel like I'm just getting, I'm getting too old to be Lydia. Like, I okay. think I would have, would love to be Lydia, but I'm, yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting into that, like, zone of, like, I'm too old looking to be a teenager but i'm too young looking to be an adult right <laughs> yeah it's like you're in that that college student phase may, may i ask yeah. how tall you are um i'm five one i think you could still do it yeah, based you on your height you yeah. absolutely i mean it's like could. it's like the um little sally from uh you're in town you're in town it's like that gal was 40 years old when i went and saw it in the original Gosh. broadway cast and maybe maybe the, the difference between theater and film i don't know how it would That's read true. but i i just recommended a friend uh of mine to my manager but she is she's around the same height. linda she's around the oh, same yeah. height mm-hmm. and i think linda can still play high schoolers because yeah, because linda of her could. height and yeah. it, you know just, just because just, of her physical type you know it looks like a high schooler that needs sleep yeah yeah, exactly. Like, you that's know, all. And, and I think the thing is, like, that's hair, how I think like hair and me. makeup can take care of maybe a lot of what you're talking about. Not to say there's anything wrong with you, Whoa. but at the same time, okay. Now let's not hot no, 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 no. I was gonna say now, just a second though. Let's honor her decision if she wants Absolutely. to play the caseworker. Fucking own. Go for the caseworker. The caseworker. But if you wanted to, <laughs> it was my second choice. That was my second choice. I believe that you could no, still. How play did they do this? How did they do that with the smoke coming out? How did that happen? Do you want that illusion crushed? No. I don't. I'm just going to ask the question and then say no one answered. Because there was also the 90s uh, anti smoking commercial where the lady had the hole in her throat and she said the drag, which scared the shit out of everybody. That's real. That's real. That was real. Oh, that was real. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did you not think that was real? Is this a hot take? No, that's not a hot oh, take, babe. Real. That was really how she trivia. was. That's oh. that woman had a hole in her. That woman had a, a hole in her. Did your brain just melt? I need to go lay down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was that was a special effect. No, I thought babe, they were trying to scare the how, shit out of us. No, that's how she. And then the one that also now. had the voice okay. coder, the vocal yeah, the that one I remember. Thing. That's real. Oh. Both real. The I mean, now we need to find those commercials. We need. Honestly, no, just to it. get in the spirit. All right, we got to get know? hot t- or we got to get trivia in yeah, before yeah, it's yeah. 11 at, wow. yeah. at night. <laughs> All right. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, see? it's this is it what happens when we have guys. delightful Screw guests on. How dare you? 
<laughs> How fucking dare. All right, let's smash that trivia music. Trivia. The studio originally wanted to call the movie House Ghosts. What? Tim, Sit down. Tim Burton thought it was such a stupid title <laughs> that he jokingly suggested the title of Scared Sheetless. <laughs> And the studio almost went with that one. Ah! Scared mm-hmm. sheetless. He said it as a joke, but these dumbass executives were like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Oh, sit down. <laughs> sit Scared down. sheetless. Can you no. Uh, Sir, you make this shit up. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Michael Keaton is on record saying that this is his favorite role. He ad-libbed Aww. 90% of his dialogue. So most of it was improv. <laughs> Bless him. And if you break it down, he has less than 15 minutes of screen time in this movie. Holy it shit. It actually breaks down to like 14 and a half minutes of screen time. That's an impression right there. Yeah. And, you know, he's, wow. he's really the biggest thing you remember. And we talked about this a little bit, but Keaton created most of the physical aspects of his character once Burton kind of described him briefly. Yeah, Max, he, he sent, like, he had the wardrobe department just bring him random shit, but it was his idea for the shock hair, for the mold growing around his mouth, and how his teeth would look. He did all of the makeup and the look himself, so. That hair Bless. is how I look in the Well, morning. with Academy Award winner V. Neal as with, the makeup artist. With an anyway. So not to thank you, Molly. Was, Okay, Thanks thank you for Molly. clarifying. It was his ideas, but he had the MUA help him. Help we talk a lot about the time. actors and directors, but there is a lot of work that goes into oh my making a movie. Yeah, the, the people behind us make it. Holy. Academy Award not, winner for this movie, I should yeah, say. Yeah, for this movie she, specifically. She won, yeah. Yes. Make won up an one. Oscar for it. I will allow it. <laughs> Uh, originally, Tim Burton didn't think the Deo song sequence was going to be very funny, and he was dreading filming it. He didn't even want to put it in the final cut of the movie, but however, audiences loved it. And I can't think of Beetlejuice without thinking of both the end song of Jump on the Line mm-hmm. and the Deo sequence. Yeah, I... Of everyone around the table doing a choreographed dance, it's it's just brilliant. It's um, all I knew of it. <laughs> it's really, yeah. It's I all, just knew the end part, yeah. It's all I knew were those yeah. things. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, when Beetlejuice is in the waiting room at the end of the movie, uh, the bottom half of the magician's assistant, which is which who which That's he's, he's feeling up, yeah, is actually Tim Burton's then girlfriend, who I never got a name. So she didn't want to give cool. it. Yeah, she. But she was just the legs. She wasn't the top half. That's so, it was just okay. The but though, how is that going to work though? Ask ask yourself. Then. <laughs> ask the legs. Ask yourself for a second. How would that work? It's like the same legs, the same person. I don't think so. The left one's for it. The right one has a problem. I don't. I, was, you know, I, I don't know. I don't illusions, know Michael. <laughs> illusions, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> See, exactly. Um, right. There is this a is re- why. There is a reference in this movie, and it's on the intercom when they're in the uh, the uh, purgatory, I guess, where they they on the intercom someone says, oh, "Flight yeah. 409 has arrived." Yeah, Flight 409 from October 6, 1955, was a United Airlines flight that actually crashed in Wyoming. Oh, so they threw that in just so you can hear so maybe people who were alive in back then like could pick up on that i don't know as i was digging into trivia i'm like oh that's fucked up that's really fucked up it's really fucked up right but it's it's wow it's conveyed in a way it's like uh flight 409 your flight has arrived and i'm like oh wow and i'm like oh my god i did really love though how (laughs) i love the stupid ass 
football players kept on calling her coach. coach. I don't think dogs. we survived the crash. <laughs> I'm not your coach. I'm not your coach. I'm not your coach. Get, Get out, out of here. my office. Men's bathroom, are you kidding me? Uh, there was a sequel planned immediately after the release of this oh, film uh, based on how it did at the box office, but Burton instead focused on the next two Batman films. Good. As of 2015, and I'm pretty sure it, it was actually uh, announced around 2020 no. that the sequel has been indefinitely shelved. Thank God. But oh, Winona, Ryder, Winona Ryder was actually tweeting a lot, like I think back in 2017, 2018, that she had agreed to reprise her role, but only if Tim Burton would direct and Michael Keaton would come back to play Beetlejuice. And then again, it just kind of ended up in that film wasteland where nothing happened. And... Just like in the movie. Yeah, exactly. 125 so. years. Also, do you know where that second film was supposed to be set? Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. What? Why? Beetlejuice 2. Off to Hawaii. Yeah, off to Hawaii. That's what it was going to be called. This is not the Karate Kid 2, okay? You can't just take it off to an island and learn everything about Mr. Miyagi. But maybe we would have learned more about Beetlejuice. I do <laughs> maybe want to. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm good, I'm good with what we have. Exactly. Like the creepy but charming guy on the subway. Uh, You're like, okay. The final, the final two pieces of trivia I have are number one, like Spaceballs, Big, and Caddyshack. It is a PG movie that has the word fuck in it. So it's a rarity. But they said fuck? Yeah. They nice, fuck? nice fucking model after he kicks yeah. down the tree. Oh, I do not remember that. Oh, only mm-hmm. okay. No, I I was there for it. Oh. I just, <laughs> just didn't remember. Uh, to be fair, fuck is my favorite swear word and I say it all the time. So I just don't know if it registers for me oh, anymore. Okay. It's just. I, I remember it's distinctly sitting want. at a dinner table when I was a kid. Well, not when I was a kid, but when I was a teenager. And I said, yeah, what the fuck? And my mom's like, Megan. And I didn't even realize that I had said it. So so easy. Just so easy. It's a just, it just flows right out. It's poetry. It's like air to you. I just. Yeah. Uh, and tying, backs in, uh, tying back into the, net, into the Netflix reference that I mentioned at the beginning. This was the very first Netflix DVD to be released by the company oh, back in 1998. Oh my God. It has that designation as being the very first Netflix DVD in your mailbox rental. Now for all our, now for our all, Gen Xers. All for the kids the, listening. In the millennial. Netflix shits. used to be DVDs. You had to order three at a you time. You had to order three at a time. And you had a queue. I realized that the other day about The Office when Mindy Kaling is explaining to Ryan about Netflix and how if I wanted to get this, then I had to move the queue down this, this, this. And I'm like, millennials uh, have no idea what no, the fuck she's no talking idea. about. They have no clue. No They're like, you just could, go to your screen and clickety click. You could upgrade your subscription and I believe get five dvds at a time which was right. like yeah, i'm like was... no one is that rich <laughs> no one has that but kind of anyone money. who had a netflix account was like i don't know my best friend because they always just I had movies one. laying around i was like oh my god I watched, what do you got uh, what do you got what'd you rent cold mountain oh yeah That's I remember that. yeah. netflix accidentally has one of my friend's dvds and i will never get it back i thought you were gonna say i will never forgive them you hear that netflix <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was my fault i'm and but sorry Fun, fun bonus trivia on that one. <laughs> Netflix, if you're listening, which I know you are. Which I know you I are. I know you are. And you, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah. I haven't forgotten about you. you. Son of a bitch, you <laughs> took my copy of Legally Blonde. <laughs> hire me. Please hire me, Mr. Sorkin. Please uh, me. Molly, any any trivia that I missed or anything that you No. You, yeah. Oh, well, just a little. And okay. um, it was hard to find some trivia and behind the scenes stuff. And that's because they are making a making of Beetlejuice documentary. Oh my God. 
that I can't wait. has been in the making for years and it really? seems like it was supposed to come out any time now but right. it's like i watched the opening trailer for it and it oh, is wow. quality oh. um, so if anyone Forget is a nerd like me when that comes out check it out it's called oh. what is the book called it's called the the uh the for something for the recently departed yeah so this is the documentary for the recently departed <laughs> and it's last that's oh i love last. it yes. that's amazing yeah wow and that's trivia. Guys. that's trivia that's trivia well thank you so much um we do have our one last segment which is worth a watch do you think that you would recommend this to somebody else would you watch it again um we're gonna toss it on over <laughs> hey you'd be surprised about some of the answers we've gotten from not only molly but multiple guests about <laughs> movies that are like to me like easy underhanded pitches no uh, but, uh, then no one wants to watch that movie and i'm not gonna say what it is because i think it'll air later than this <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. We could do the Beetlejuice's sign language thing. <laughs> At any rate, Max, <laughs> worth a watch. Yeah, come on. If you haven't seen Beetlejuice, you got to watch Beetlejuice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Easy. Sarah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. It's great. Molly. <laughs> yes. I finally <laughs> i was i was curious i like, believe okay, so. that this movie is worth a watch and mm. um don't feel bad for not having watched it though mm. yeah. also that I think that that's an important thing yeah i, I get guilt tripped megan and i get guilt tripped yeah. a lot for not oh, that. i mean that's why this podcast ex- podcast exists that's and, the yeah. entire maybe. reason this podcast exists <laughs> and that's is, about, sarah. about just shaming. like sarah yeah. is because like <laughs> there's so from there's People yeah, there's so, so like, many people out there that have not seen important movies. Mm. There are so yeah. and like you just if you're like me, you just watched Cabaret and Friends on rerun. Like that's just what you did. I'm yeah. sorry, I was in Les Mis in high school. I didn't watch movies. Thank like, you. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Was that what you were doing like the entire time in high school? See, and that's always his argument. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I had busy. It was. Do you know every lyric to Avita? Because I do. <laughs> You know every lyric to Avita? I know every lyric to Avita. I do do not. Okay, so I didn't watch movies, but I know every lyric to Avita. There you go. There you go. That's wonderful. Ben. Oh, but even I like I was saying earlier, even if you've even if you spend every waking moment of free time watching movies, you're gonna miss out on a lot too. So yeah, I that's totally. a really good point. Anybody who who legitimately gives you a sure make fun of people gently or in, in good fun, it's but like anybody who back. really gives you a hard time for not having seen something, that's that's bullshit. Well, I I will tease well, Ben relentlessly like for out. not having watched Fifty First Dates. So that's what I thought you were going to say. 50 ben, Shades what of Grey. the hell have you been doing all this? <laughs> the <laughs> fuck, man! The fuck, man! Whoa! You haven't seen Fifty First Dates, Goddamn rock! <laughs> Maybe he but has medis- watched it and he developed amnesia. Yes. You know what the meta score is for 50 first dates, man? It's like 63. <laughs> could pull it right I don't know who this guy is. No, I love him. Right he was, he's one of the guys now, from Point man. Break. That's who he is. Clearly. <laughs> he's, he's, 
Yes, Bodie. Megan, Ben, Megan, Ben. Worth uh, a yes, watch. absolutely yeah. worth a watch. And like originally, again, I was a little bit concerned too about the whole death anxiety thing. Mm. But I remembered very much from the musical, like they very much say like, this is a show about death. Like this is, yeah. it is not shy about what it is, but it also is not serious about what it is, which I think is a very important thing hmm. is being honest and truthful about what it is, but also not taking it too seriously. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we would have like the resurrection of the Adams family movies without Beetlejuice. Hmm. That's all I could think about from the mm. art direction, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, would they have brought back these other sort of morbid kind of <laughs> characters and families if we didn't have the success of this movie? Mm. Um, ben. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I, it, it is, it is lightning in a bottle when it comes to Michael Keaton. Yes. I feel like if you touched him when you were, if you were on set, he, he would burn your hand. He is so, he is, there is a kinetic energy in him that I, I rarely see in most, in most actors. It, it is a performance unlike any other, you know, you're watching something unique when you watch Michael Keaton in this movie um, from the art direction to the storytelling, to the cinematography for the, for the running time, for the budget that they had. And also kind of, tying into what you were just saying is that it, it actually eased my relationship with death a little bit. And yes. I feel like I have a pretty easygoing relationship with death as, as, it, as it is a part of life. Well, and, and also that, as the son of an EMT. As like, son of an yeah. EMT, maybe like, you know, I, I got a very sort of left brain. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Your body's that kind of thing. But at the same time, it, it reminds me of a song uh, like uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Yes. Uh, from Monty Python. And that, that's really all I could think about when I was watching this movie because like uh, some of the lyrics in that song are like, uh, you'll see it's all, you'll see it's all a show keep them laughing as you go but remember that the last laugh is on you you know so I feel like there should be kind of a sense of humor about this kind yeah. of stuff because it's, it's simply a fact and I feel like the movie just did such a great job about diffusing a lot of those tropes and maybe fears that we had while also um, and maybe we can get into this in rants and raves but the practical effects just blow my mind Christ and we'll sale. get into that in rants and raves but yes, yeah see rants this and movie. raves see it, tell everyone you know to watch beetlejuice and that's our show that's um uh sarah max thank you so so much for coming on thank you thank you um where can people find you on social media or your address if they want to see you maybe <laughs> if they want to see you maybe making breakfast at 2 p.m where where can we where can we make that happen listen when bars open back up just Put, get me in a corner. You can see me make breakfast the next day. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, yep. the the uh, the number. I'm not going to tell us our tell you our actual address, but our address <laughs> is six six six. Ah! There are only like three of those in New York. So, oh my god! Wait, really? Yeah, you just gave away where we live. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... No, it's one of three places. So. There's not many. Oh. We're on our way. Well, anyway. There you go. Yeah, we're we're coming <laughs> yeah. over right now, and we're not wearing masks. Uh, no, it's uh, social media handles. Yeah, where can we find you? Uh, on social media, my I'm on Instagram. It is Agent Scully, like from X Files, with yes. three underscores. Oh, the end. The right. end. Agent Scully, three underscores. Yeah. On Instagram. Played by the played by the now Golden Globe winning Gillian Anderson, exactly. who just won a Golden Globe for the Crown because she's fucking she's amazing. amazing. Long time <sighs> deserved, really. Yeah, specifically that's like Scully. a Scorsese award win. It's like she should have <laughs> won it for X Files. Yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, it long time movie. coming, but yeah, should have got it for Color Purple, but got it for Ghost. Hot take: Was her Margaret Thatcher better than Meryl Streep's? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm on social yes. media too, I guess. Uh, Max Tastrophe is my name <laughs> on and, uh, Instagram and, and the Twitter. And do y'all have any projects or things that you're working on right now during the pandemic, or are you just surviving day by day like some of us? <laughs> um, pretty much that, yeah. Yes, I'm, same, I didn't same. work on pretty much anything the whole time until very recently, but I am working on a lesbian pirate play. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, she's a scoundrel coming, <gasps> hopefully a theater near you. I don't even know. I'm like halfway through the first act, but. Megan I and can't. I are both like, we have to be a part of this. I, don't know I if you know saw where do we sign up. I can't, I can't wait to audition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Congratulations. That sounds amazing. That's yeah, dope. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm working with two of my really good friends, Alex and Molly on it. And mm. um, I'm just really, I'm, very it's bringing me a lot of joy so i'm really excited Yay. for that that's right. wonderful Congratulations. Awesome. that's awesome max what about you yeah um i'm doing some writing here and there uh doing uh, doing a lot of submissions trying to catch up on actually submitting things i've done so yeah. submitting Same. some old work that sort of thing um mm -hmm. which is not as glorious as creating something new but there it is mm -hmm. um i also just recently got involved in a mutual aid east brooklyn mutual aid so if you're looking to support community in New York, if you happen to live in East Brooklyn, anywhere uh, like Ocean Hill, Brownsville, um, that sort of area, it'd be lovely to have you either volunteer or, you know, give a donation if you can. Um, they provide groceries to people who can't necessarily afford them right now. Um, really like generally healthy and long lasting groceries too. It's a big hefty bag. Um, they deliver to something like 120, 150 families every week. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so it's growing still. They just, they just started this year. So um, any bit helps. Just look them up. East, Brook uh, East Brooklyn Mutual Aid. Awesome. awesome. Thanks yes. so much, you guys. Great. Well, um, that's our podcast. Yeah, that wraps it up. Um, so uh, Patreon subscribers, be sure that you, uh, if you subscribe to Rants and Rays, be sure you stay tuned for that because we're going to get in it. Mm. In it. going to be goody. Um, uh, but other than that, um, be sure that you like, 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 dolphin. A little bit of scat there for you. Uh, like, subscribe, and uh, leave us a review. Please that leave would, us a review. That would be neat. We love, we love reading the reviews. Um, and uh and if you know somebody that would like this podcast send it to them because we're steadily we're starting to grow our listenership and we would love to have more people um be cinefans yes. so that'd yeah. be amazing so we'll see you um next time bye, bye. bye. So I Married a Cinephile is hosted by Benjamin Farmer and Megan Carver. It is produced by Molly McCarthy with original music by Tom McGovern. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Simac Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Simac Podcast. Subscribe today and help out all of the artists that make this podcast happen. So I married, I married a cinephile.